Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Groisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, Season 1, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website gwtsfamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we grow. Hello, welcome to our new voice. Boy, the listening's been fun. I'm learning so much from everyone. Today, we are here with Faith. Faith has been around our family for a while now, and she loves coal like we love coal, so that's pretty awesome. And she's ready to answer the questions. So welcome, Faith. Hi. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. So, yeah, so she just found out the question, so we'll see how it comes through. But I trust that she's going to be honest. She seems to be of that type. <laughs> I'm going to try to be as honest as I can. So, <laughs> but, all right. So the first one is, how are you informed of your gender? I think it was something that was pretty set from the beginning of my life. I mean, each one of our siblings all had colors. I was purple. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always had like purple things. I always our Easter basket. I was purple. Wrapping paper was purple. And then when I started to get older and develop my own style and whatnot, my mother would always be like, "Oh, why don't you want to pick out the sparkly things? You don't wear enough sparkle. You don't wear enough color." Because I mean, I dressed pretty much the same as I do now. I always mm-hmm. just stuck to like the basic clothing. I would still shop and like try and shop and like. The boys section when I was younger. Because I liked the t-shirts and stuff. So for the comfort, you weren't looking to be all frilly and sparkly. You were just looking to have good, comfortable clothes. Yeah. (laughs) Even when I was little. And my mother would always compare me to my sister, who at the time loved wearing frilly things, tutus, colorful, sparkles. She Mm -hmm. was like, you should dress like this. And I'm like, no, it's, it's fine. So I feel like that was like... It was very expected of me to be a girl. Girly, even when I was younger. And what did girly mean? Like, what other things are girly besides the way you dress? Like, what else represented girl? I mean, also the toys that I was bought when I was little. It was always dolls. I had a whole set of American Girl dolls. Oh, wow, the whole set. Yeah, I had, like, three. And the outfits and everything? And the frilly outfit. They had some cool clothes. Those were some good girls. They did Did you save them? I think I might have one. I have <laughs> one of the ones that, like, you can customize them to look like yourself. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were down the pipe with the dog. Oh, yeah. Those are really cool. My granddaughter has one of those. They're like they're like having a little friend, like a little mini-me hanging yeah. out. They're a good-sized doll. They're, they're, I think the one I got was actually called, like, mini-me, the one that you designed <laughs> yourself. They're, like, mini-yous, and you, like, go online, you pick out, like, the eye shape, the color of their oh, hair. Wow. Yeah, it was a big deal. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like it was always, like, informed to me that I was a girl throughout, like, clothes and decorations and the sports that I was put in when I was little. I mean, I started with cheer and dance. Like, it's very much Mm -hmm. very girly things. When I got older, like, I wanted to try soccer. I did softball. I so badly wanted to do boys lacrosse. But my mother said, like, no, that's way too rough for you. Like, just... Two girls across. So then I became a goalie. 
to try and combat that. But but you definitely were showing your strength in this lifetime. You were pushing through. You weren't ready to be too like frilly. You were definitely here to be strong. Yeah. No. And I like. I think of myself as a girl, and I enjoy. You know, the girly aspects of life, but at the same time, I don't want to confine myself to the idea of just being mm-hmm. a girl. I enjoy, like, other aspects yeah. of life. And being a goalie, that's fun. I only did it a little bit in soccer when I was younger, and I never got good at it. But that's a position that really keeps you, like, ready to jump wherever you got to jump, dive where you got to dive. Like, don't let that ball in. Yeah, lots of bruises. I I love my bruises. My mom hated them. I had so many scars when I was little just from like running around. I still have scars like to this day from it. But I loved my scars. I loved my bruises. And my mom was like, you're going to hate those when you're older. And I'm like, no, like I liked. I like that. So yeah, whatever works, right? Whatever works. That's a cool. What do you mean when you say you liked your bruises, like meaning that you knew where they came from? Like you weren't like embarrassed by them. You were kind of like, I earned it kind of thing. Yeah, they were like little trophies. <laughs> That's how it was for like most goalies. We all had like, and same with like boys lacrosse too. You get a bruise, you show it off at school the next day. Wow. Oh, it's a healthier version than cutting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry, there's a dark part of me. <laughs> we don't know if it's healthier, but I, I think it's healthier. Yeah. All right. Nice. All right. So then what did you learn about yourself from relationships as you continued to grow? Like, what did you learn about yourself? I think I learned through time that I have a lot of anxiety around relationships, making sure that everything is like perfect within each relationship. So even with my friends, like, Especially when I was in middle school, I was always worried they don't like me. Like, they're hanging out with me because they feel bad. And, like, obviously all middle schoolers think that at the time. Or There's, like, that doubt and insecurity we have to grow through a little bit. Yeah, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, like, self-doubt. And then I realized through time that these people want to be friends with me. They want to hang around with me because they do like who I am. And I appreciate who they are as well. And we you know, have a connection with one another. Mm-hmm. So I was able throughout time to like push away from that like anxiety around friends and social settings and sort of like open up and be like, oh, well, like if you don't like me, you don't need to hang around me. Like, So did you grow more confident or did you grow like tougher? Probably confident. I think a lot when I was younger, I lacked a lot of confidence. But throughout time, I, like, also tougher, I think. I think, like, realizing... Like, making boundaries is kind of, like, a way that we get tougher, right? Because when we want everyone to like us, we also will kind of, you know, accommodate more and, and go along with things more because we don't want to rock the boat. Whereas when you get more confident, you'll make that line, which is kind of tough sometimes to yeah. make those lines, no? Yeah, it's hard. I know... Like, even now, I still I still worry, especially, like, going away for college and whatnot, coming back, like, who am I going to hang out with? Who wants to see me after the break? Because I know a lot of people who left, and they're, I don't ever want to go back to Vernon. I hate Vernon. I hate our hometown. Yeah, they're very, like, anti-hometown, and I'm like, do they still want to see me? Like, are we still friends? Like, do you hate this town and me? But... I think throughout the break, like, especially, like, 
obviously going away for the first time. Yeah, but this is your first break home after college. This is my first break home. I think I think everything has been okay so far. Granted, there's a couple people I still have to see, but there's been an effort from both parties to see one another. So mm-hmm. it's sort of alleviated that anxiety a bit. Nice. Yeah, I think whenever we're going into something and there's some question marks, it's an easy feed for anxiety. Yeah, especially. Yeah. And so the way you know anxiety and worry, do you feel like that was just age and stage stuff? Or do you feel like that about everything? Do you worry a lot, like, yeah. in your relationships or? I mean, just just in general. I mean, I am, like, diagnosed with anxiety disorder. So oh, okay. I definitely experience it in all aspects of life. But since being medicated, like, a year and a half ago, it's definitely, like, alleviated that anxiety but it's still always like a thought in my mind and i feel like i might experience it more despite being medicated than the average person and mm-hmm. like especially coming back from break unfamiliar like situations like i was really worried to come back home oh, wow. just because i hadn't been here in you know a couple months like granted i'd come back every so often but i was like are things going to change between people what is what's like going on in mm-hmm. my house like i have mm-hmm. no idea but when I get to the situation or when I get to, like, the thing that I was worrying about, I realized there was no reason for me to worry. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking about how natural and normal that is, that we get those opportunities before stuff happens to kind of, like, sense it and wonder about it. Yeah. And then the response then becomes is my response going to help me meet this with ease and grace? Or is this response going to make me like, you know, shaky? Yeah. Girly, you know what I mean? Because for myself, when, because I'm not a big lover of change. And everyone in the house will tell you, like, when things are about to change, you know, I, I can really act out because I'm trying to go with it. But there's all sorts of parts of me being like, because I just, you know, I like my comforts. I like things the way they are, do you know? It's really never my favorite thing because I don't know what's going to happen. As I got older and I learned to let go and grow, I had to always say, whatever's going to happen, I'm going to do my best. and It's going to be what it is. Yeah. Right. So I think sometimes we can, as humans, get habits as far as the way we think about stuff all the time. And like it runs chemicals and we just think like that. Yeah. And then we're like, wait a minute, why am I thinking like that? So maybe the medication is part of the rewiring to be like, why am I thinking like that? Yeah, it honestly is because I realized like such a large difference like before and after starting. And a lot of the times I would freak out because I wasn't 10 minutes early for work and things like that. And I was like, I don't need to be 10 minutes early for work. I don't need to be at practice a half hour before it starts. I don't need to worry about what people are going to think when I see them after not seeing them for a while. Like, I don't need to think that my friends hate me because it Mm -hmm. just causes a lot of unnecessary stress. It creates chemicals in your body that make more stress. Yeah. It would just, like, spiral. And I would just, I'd think about my friend and I'd think about my other friend and I'd think about everyone and, like, wow, they must hate me because they all did this. But I haven't had that in a while, so. Right. Well, good to know that you found what worked. Yeah. And what else did you learn about yourself in relationships, like with sisters and, and friends and stuff like that? Is there anything else you learned about yourself in relationships? Yeah, I honestly, 
find myself caring a lot for like people that I like develop relationships with like I just want to always make sure that they're okay and good and happy and I always try my best to make them feel better and happier and it may maybe might stem from a bit of anxiety but it's nice to be nice but it's nice to be nice I I, and you have like a small set big set like what's your group size is it like a bunch of friends that you can kind of manage and not feel overrun by too many people to try to be nice to yeah I think I mean for the most part I try to be as nice and as friendly as possible with everyone because obviously when everyone comes home from break everyone normally like comes together at parties and big groups like that's what happened last break that's what happened this break so those moments for me are the only times that I really try to please like a large amount of people but it's not exhausting like I find myself enjoying it mm-hmm. so couldn't get to see what they're doing too right yeah and I get, whole adventure. I get to like catch up with everyone but I think in, I think in I just remember seeing you have like same girlfriends for a long time didn't you have like a set of girls that you kind of grew with yeah we so still- how did that work? Because, I mean, that's unique. Not everybody has that. Yeah, we're still, like, all together as a group, surprisingly. Like, we all sort of became friends at around, like, sixth or seventh grade. Like, we each kind of, like, moved into the group. Like, I would be friends with another person. Another person would be friends with another. And then, like, we could join. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we've been still hanging out with each other, still keeping up on a daily basis. Well. So it's really definitely a unique experience. I know a lot of people who go through a lot of different friends. And I just, I know my sister does. My sister will, like, like she has close friends, which she's always been, like, on and off with them. But I feel like I've been fortunate enough to have mm-hmm. friends that I've kept for, like, quite a long time. Yeah, those are good reflections, right? People who really know you and you can get true with each other and stuff. Like, do you have, like, a way that you can... You know, tell them things that are easy because they know the whole part and they know you. And yeah, like we all we all update each other, like when things happen in life, like almost all the time, like almost every day. So anytime I want to talk about something, they're already completely caught up when they want to talk about something. I'm completely caught up. So it's definitely like a good space to be able to open up because we've obviously known each other for a while. So there's this level of comfortability. But at the same time, there's also this like constant updating so mm-hmm. everyone's up to page mm-hmm. i'm curious you know we're, we're bringing back in the sisterhood satsangs and those are like gatherings of women and one of the things we would talk about is how packs of girls can sometimes collude meaning like they're in their own frequency their own high frequency and they kind of push out other energies and don't really leave their nest do you know what i mean and sometimes that's all for the good and they're not doing anything but loving everybody and it's no big deal yeah. But sometimes that energy can be, you know, more petty, more catty, you know, and then it can be more low vibe. So what we talk about at the Sisterhood Satsang is like really meeting each other in like the best possible outcome and the highest place for the people you're talking about. Because if you bond, say like your girl comes in and they're hating this person or that person, and you go in and you bond hating, and then you guys are in the hate together. Like, it feels like company, but it's also growing a a rut. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That you look to justify now. Yeah. You both believe it. Do you know? Yeah. (laughs) So you see people through that distortion, 
because you bond over it. Mm -hmm. So we've been working that out, the sisterhood satsangs, and using ways to kind of really trust each other that you're going through a hard time and I'm going to trust you to grow through that because I know you and I know you'll grow through it. If you need to laugh about something or get real about something, I got you. But I'm not going to go in there and like talk shit about people. Yeah, that was definitely how it was when we were younger. I mean, granted, like, yeah. You're younger, like yeah. it's just that's it's a life school. Yeah, your friend doesn't like someone. You don't like someone. Like, <laughs> your, your, someone was mean to your friend. You don't like him at all. But I've definitely noticed like some. I know I'm still friends, or like at least friendly with, and like appreciate people who like my close friends, or a couple of them, one of them don't really like, and I've realized that over time, like just because that somebody did something to someone else doesn't mean I don't have to like them as a person. I mean, if they did awful things, of course, I'm not mm-hmm. going to like them. But a lot of the times, stories are skewed in the view of my friends. So they always see that person as a bad person just because of one occurrence. And I'm like, wow, but I, I like them. I get along with them really well. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I've grown from that. Of like mm-hmm. that copycat hate type. Copycat hate. Copycat nice. Hate. Nice. Interesting. Copycat hate. No more copycat hate. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, those are good shares. Thank you. All right. So we'll go on to the next question. How do you discern the truth for you? Like, how do you know when something feels right? I feel for I feel for most of the time it's like a gut feeling. And I honestly just follow like what gives me the least amount of anxiety to do, but I understand at times that I have to like push myself in a way. But oh, I don't know. I think it's honestly just my gut. I feel like okay. I'm... a lot of people said that. A lot of people said that because my mother always instilled in me that like follow your gut, trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, leave. If something doesn't feel right, leave. And if, like, a relationship doesn't feel right, if an event, a group of people don't feel right, you go and get out of there. Don't be friends with them. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And then a couple of times I noticed that I hadn't followed my gut and it got me to a decently poor position. <laughs> or, like, I would... I would like not trust my gut and then something bad would happen. One time a group of friends and I, we went to go ice skating and we were like, oh, let's go to the Duncan that's nearby. So I, we were all like, oh, like maybe we shouldn't. So-and-so's parents said not to. And like, we all were like really nervous about going. We're like, whatever, it'll be fine. We're walking to the Duncan that's maybe a hundred feet away. Mm-hmm. That night, there was a knife fight at the Duncan while we were there. Oh, wow. So ever since then, and that was like eighth grade, maybe, I've definitely been like, I need to follow this. Nice. Like, this and it grows it stronger when you listen, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely been able to, like, with time, like, understand what gut feeling is just unnecessary anxiety and what gut feeling is, oh, this is bad, I should go. Oh, so you have a discerning mechanism in your own awareness, in a sense. Nice. That's good. Knowing yourself is a big, big key part of the puzzle. 
Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to say on that one? No, I don't think so. All right. Going great. So what do you feel would be some shared values that we could consider or things that like if we're all to agree on things, what would be some of the things that we could all agree on? What would you suggest for these shared values? Well, I definitely to start just like a high level of kindness. I mean, I work in a customer service job and I'm dealing with people on the day in the end. I don't know what they're going through throughout their lives. So the least I can do is be nice and kind to them and chat with them while I give them their coffee. Mm -hmm. And I know I've developed like a lot of just personal relationships at work with customers just from being nice to them and asking them about their day. So I think this right. level of kindness kind of brings people together and it's definitely opened like doors for me. And I think, I think another one would maybe be personal responsibility or at least like a level of responsibility for oneself on like a daily basis because I at one point didn't have any sense of personal responsibility and would sort of throw things away as oh I'll do it later I'll do it later and then things would pile up and I'd become heavily overwhelmed mm. but like realizing this overwhelmingness that I feel is not good for me I was able to lean towards like developing responsibility in oneself for like everyday everyday actions and it honestly made me like a happier person and like a nicer person to other people because I wasn't snapping at other people because I was stressed about things mm -hmm. that good I awareness. to do. And how old are you now? 18. That's good awareness. Oh, we are smart when we're 18. We keep it. <laughs> I hope I keep it. <laughs> no, thank you. But that's good those are good ones i like that yeah and it's so easy to like forget how you create your stress right mm -hmm. yeah you sort of just get like lost in it and obviously it's not traceable because it's a bunch of tiny little things throughout the day or tiny little things that you're thinking about ahead mm -hmm. and it's sort of like you need to take a step like stop pause for a second take a breath realize what you need to do that's like causing this anxiety and then get it done and then move on with your life any others or anything else oh i don't think so i think those are definitely like the two that i hold most important to myself being a truthful person as well i think i found a lot through relationships when i find myself lying about the way that i feel or like lying about doing things it's sort of creates this like break in relationships and you mm. become not as close with people because you're lying about the way you feel about certain things and mm -hmm. you're, you're gonna be a liar if you're not truthful <laughs> like and even if they don't know you're lying about the way you feel about certain things you feel it and it sort of like creates a little bit of like a break in a relationship and mm -hmm. you're lying about oh, yeah, I really don't like this, or, oh, I love this. Mm -hmm. Like, although it seems minuscule, it ends up, like, adding up and adding up, and you don't feel as close with other people, and the connections that you build sort of drifted. There's such an interesting backside to that, right? It seems to be rooted in that way that people don't want to hurt other people, right? So it's kind of like being kind, but it it's not kind to not tell somebody the truth, right? So... There are ways that you might hurt somebody by telling them the truth. And I think people avoid 
saying things because they don't want to hurt a person. Yeah. But then like what you're saying, if you stop being authentic to not hurt me, then our relationship doesn't really have the same resolve or strength anymore. Yeah. And if you really had a good relationship with the person and the person valued you, they wouldn't mind your hurtful opinion on something or an opinion that they might not like because you guys have such a strong relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think throughout time, being more truthful in relationships has caused me to drift away from some people that I realized were more like surface level friends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the truthfulness still stays with like the closest friends that I have today. Nice. Good. Nice. So let's see, is there anything else that we can share in our new voice with an 18 year old? Hmm. Well, I'm curious, what do you think about relationships? Like when you think about married with children and, and you think about how you would grow your life and you see the way your parents did or the way things are like, how does that reflect to you? Like, how do you envision? Do you see yourself doing the same thing? Do you see it different? Like, how do you picture, you know, married with kids and things like that? Well, I don't really like kids to start with <laughs> They're okay. I feel like I don't know if I want to have the responsibility to raise someone and like make them a, like a good person and a great person and like have a happy life. And I always mm -hmm. wonder, am I capable of that? So like maybe one child, but I've never like looked into the future and like saw myself married in a home with kids. I normally just think about the future as like living with another person, coming home after work, doing things with one another, spending like relaxing time and going. So you really like the idea of partnership. You see yourself in a couple and in a partnership, but not moving on necessarily into the whole like institution of marriage and children and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I've never, I mean, if you have like a partnership with, one person i mean it's great to like lawfully join and connect but at the same time there's also this there's also this strength in the fact that you have a relationship and you don't need anything to confirm this relationship you don't need a paper by law to confirm it like you guys are together and mm -hmm. you're committed yeah it's almost stronger to not like have a paper saying that you're married and there's all this pressure never to mm -hmm. leave one another and mm -hmm. to always stay together. Mm -hmm. It's almost stronger to like not have that piece of paper and know together that you're a partnership and you don't plan on leaving one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. I'm just always curious because like, you know, we're doing the couples fishbowl and we're having couples come in and we're seeing really young couples with children like in their thirties and then people have been married for 20, 30 years. And like, well, I wonder what the young people will do around relationships and what they'll create that gives them what they need, right? Because what you just described, it's like having a friend, having somebody to do stuff with, somebody that you can trust, like you're like, you're, you have a ride, you know, somebody with you on the ride, but you're not necessarily tied up in a whole situation that makes it so you don't get to enjoy the person that you're with on the ride. Yeah, because you're with them because you enjoy their presence and you enjoy being with them. So it's important to like have a lifestyle that includes that because 
I know for my parents, they're both like constantly working and they never really spend time with one another. But they always make sure at the end of the day that they sit and watch TV with one another in their room. Mm-hmm. They always make sure they're watching something they both enjoy and they make sure they have this at least small point of like quality time with one another, which I think is really important. And I'm mm-hmm. really glad that they do that. That's great. But I also notice like a lot of stress throughout their day when they're constantly working and can't see one another. And there's a lack of communication of who's driving who to practice, who's going to be out for the night, who's going out with a friend. Mm-hmm. So I know I definitely notice a disconnect throughout the day, but at least they make a lot of effort to be with one another at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're married. They enjoy each other's presence. Nice. Nice. Well, they have a good kids. It's a good family, but it is it is a trick. It's a real trick to try to do all the parts sometimes and stay present with each other. So I'm glad to know that your family taught you to value present and that you're creating it now. Because that's our job, right? Create what we really like. Nice. All right. Well, thanks, Faith. I think we did it. What I usually do is uh, close it up kind of like it's its own little portal, like because we opened up a space between our hearts to just sort of speak so true. And so we just say thank you to whatever it is that helps us be clear and safe and just breathe it out that these voices are heard to whoever needs to hear them. And I lovingly release solely your energy and anybody we talked about's energy back to them, fully healed in present time, and take all of our own energy back to us, fully healed in present time, and focus on the fact that everything can grow divine, everything has a truth and gifts to share, and appreciate that you want to do this. Good ones. Thank you. Welcome. Anything else you want to say? I think I've said everything I to Great, thanks. Turning in all the directions, calling above and below to the space inside me that longs to glow. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's gonna set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me. Show me the way. I know, the way will open. Where is it? Where's the vibe? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll soothe your soul. Sing with the tribe. Rhythm in the middle.
Hi, this is Madeline again. If you're interested in learning more about co-creation and building a new foundation, check out the website gwtrustfamily.com and get involved. Join us in growing this frequency of more peace and harmony and possibility. Turning in all the directions, calling above and below to the space inside me that longs to glow. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's going to set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me. Show me the way. I know. The way will open. Where is it? Where's the vibe? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll soothe your soul. Hmm. 
Rosa Strong. 